Hello, I'm Bill Young and this is Forum 499, a podcast. Forum 499 exists to stimulate insights and inspiration into value creation and supply chains. It doesn't instruct, it doesn't promise right answers, and it isn't a list of best practices. It shares stories, ideas and challenges so that you make up your own mind. Welcome to Episode 11, Sourcing and Outsourcing. This episode is inspired by a story from my friend, colleague, consultant, procurement leader and transformation guru, Dean Bennett. No, it's not procurement's job, David, retorted Henri, the Shared Service Centre, SSC, project lead. As head of procurement, David had pointed out that the SSC contract would far exceed the quarter of a million dollar threshold for procurement involvement. This was clear in a policy recently determined by the executive. It meant that David's procurement team should lead, or at least be consulted on, the sourcing of suppliers. So he had proposed procurement leadership of the go-to-market part of the project to Henri. David, this is outsourcing, not buying, Henri added. It's sourcing, David protested, as defined in the policy. The clue is in the name, is what he said before he could stop himself. Rubbish. Nobody intended a procurement policy to cover a major outsourcing project, Henri exclaimed. David tried to cool the discussion. He conceded that they had different viewpoints on this and that he would clarify it with Angela, the chief operating officer. She owned both the SSC project and the procurement policy, and she was also planning an external manufacturing project to increase packaging capacity and capabilities. So this was of primary interest to her, and David was fairly sure she would give him a fair hearing. He was right. Angela agreed to meet in two days' time. That evening at home, when the kids were in bed and David's partner asked if he was joining her to watch a Nordic noir serial, David said he had to prepare for a really important meeting and may be very late. Angela's personal assistant, Trudy, was in the team's call when David joined it. She said she was just waiting for Angela to log in and that Oliver would also join. This was a surprise. Oliver was the CEO. He had approved the policy, of course, but why would he be in this call? David had never even been in a private meeting with him. Angela appeared on the screen, then Oliver, and Trudy dropped off. Hi, Angela. Hi, David. Angela has outlined to me what you told her, David. Let me repeat what I understand, to save time. Procurement's offer to support the sourcing of service suppliers for our SSC project has been declined. Under our sourcing policy, procurement is accountable for sourcing activities with a value exceeding $250,000, although that does not necessarily mean you have to have hands-on control. Since involvement in the SSC has been declined, procurement is unable to accept the accountability determined by our governance under the new policy. So procurement has therefore escalated the issue to Angela. Have I missed anything? 
David was taken aback. He'd indicated to Angela the reason for the meeting, and now Oliver had summarised accurately and fully everything he intended to tell her face to face. That's exactly it, David said, and added that he was especially concerned because of the upcoming contract manufacturing project. Good, said Oliver, and then continued. I've agreed with Angela that she confirmed procurement's accountability under the policy and its application to sourcing matters in the SSC and contract manufacturing projects. Is that OK? That's perfect, David responded. David was still asking himself why the CEO was involved, let alone wanting this meeting with him. I expect you're wondering about the reason for this meeting, Oliver said. We've been considering these sourcing principles for some time. Well, when you think about it, Angela is a supplier of services to the business. Isn't that right, Angela? You control assets, staff and budgets and manage them to provide services. In most cases, these services are things we could buy externally, but we chose not to. The same can be said for every functional leader, including all of my executive colleagues. They're all intent on getting more business. Read budget. When I look around the boardroom, it's like a permanent supplier day. I need to challenge what's being provided and why it's being done in-house. I need market benchmarks of performance and value. Does that cover it, Angela? Angela addressed her answer to David. Yes, we've been discussing this for some time. We have to find ways to challenge everything we do in-house. And we believe the answer is in procurement. What do you think, David? David found it hard to reply. He made an exaggerated effort to look thoughtful whilst trying to take it all in. He asked if they meant that procurement should have the authority to invite discussions about any of the company's activities and to initiate supply market research into alternatives. The CEO said that was pretty much it, except they were not expected to challenge the core products and services the company sells, nor the essential skills required to provide these, but otherwise, yes. And there would be some common sense guidelines on how often a service could be challenged and what constituted a valid outsourced alternative. Oliver said that, for appearance and authority, the responsible team would report direct to him in the organisation chart, but for operational purposes it would work to Angela. David said that all seemed fine, and presumed he could work out the details on resourcing with Angela in order to create a full operational strategy and plan. Oliver agreed, and that seemed to be it. Are you getting up today, David? His partner called up the stairs. I was worried in case you'd any early calls this morning. What time did you get to bed at? I was fast asleep and didn't hear you. Did you get that meeting preparation done? Bugger, thought David. The following day, David was two minutes early logging into the call with Angela in reality. The screen told him to wait until the call was opened. Then, exactly on time, Angela appeared. Good that you've raised this, David, she said after the pleasantries. 
I have been wondering how long it would take. What do you think we should do? Couldn't we tell them to follow the policy? was all he could answer. And how do you think that would play out, David? We'd develop the specification, create an RFP, and then lead a competitive tendering event, was what he tried to say, but realised before the words were out he'd not prepared this well enough. So he waited for Angela to explain what was becoming embarrassingly obvious. She was kinder than expected. A policy mandate is not enough, David. It's a strong hint more than a direction. You need either to be invited or to demonstrate some value that justifies a client working with you. And who would do the work, David? This is a project that could take a year. It involves the transfer of multiple operations from each of HR, IT and finance. Is there anyone in procurement who has the credibility to step up to this? Before he could answer, Angela went on. OK, you're probably capable of doing it, David, but that's not going to work, is it? You can't afford to drop everything for this. And we have a big contract manufacturing operation coming up soon. Is there someone on the direct side who could do the equivalent on that? This work is very different from churning contracts. I'd like to think procurement had the necessary competencies and that they were scalable, but I don't think it does. What's your view? David responded hesitantly, saying that fulfilling the role in the policy document probably would require more resources and that he could start to work on that. Not enough, Angela immediately replied. Not just more resources, different resources. Working on business change projects is very different from what procurement is known for. We need a different skill set, and it must be seen to be different. Look, let me share something with you. Oliver, the CEO, wants to reform the whole business. He wants to look at everything and to determine whether it is something we need to be doing ourselves or not. He wants to establish a dedicated new team to do this. I'm trying to persuade him we can build on internal procurement resources, but he's sceptical. David felt the room swirl. He was spooked. He felt numb. Are you OK, David? I thought the screen had frozen. I, I, I'm, I'm fine he stammered, trying to reassure her. He's given me a month to come up with something, and my thinking is that we create a process, organisation and productivity team. A pop group, if you like. It has to be separate from procurement, but I see it as a natural career progression for our better people. It would also attract commercial talent from other functions, of course, and we may need to recruit externally. What do you think? David said with some honesty that a similar idea had come to him a couple of days back. He agreed that it could be excellent for the business. Good, Angela said. I can't make promises about who will lead the pop group, but I would like you to start building the proposal for the CEO. Are you up for it? 